1: This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities. Featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive-thru, dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay use the promo code FIVE that's F-I-V-E FIVE and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 but first sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today
2: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Now here's your hosts Chris Alf
1: and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards to Carry. I'm Alfredo Aratiaga. Chris Kaufman is here. And yes, Simon Clancy is here. He's back from his project, which I'm sure he will go back to as soon as we finish up on this, this podcast, which of course leads to our annual hiatus. But of course, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the, the promo code 5RSN, 20% off your next order. And Biscayne Bay Brewing. Check out all of their fine beers. And of course, you could get it at Publix, Total Wine. You could get it, in, have it delivered to you via Instacart, Biscayne Bay Brewing. Simon, did you see the the two? Uh, I wouldn't call it a presser. It was just like a QA. He, you know, he hot off the, the practice field, answered a few questions.
0: Did you see any of it? Uh, I saw some of the quotes and, uh, if i'm honest i couldn't care less
2: <laughs> i
0: mean you know it's interesting that he looks physically different and all that sort of stuff but frankly until the regular season starts i genuinely and i know this is really going to upset the people i genuinely don't give a shit you can talk all you like you can do a million interviews but you know you've got to get go on the field and prove it um You know, and that's only going to happen come September. So, you know, he's got to put his money where his mouth is, as every player does. You know, there's no bigger Tua Tungabala backer than than me, but, you know, you've got to do it when it counts. Um, All the signs are good clearly, you know, and everybody's saying the right things and teammates are getting behind him and, you know, all the journos uh, along with yourself that are on the call said, you know, how just much more relaxed he was and how he developed into a, you know, a different guy, much more comfortable in his own skin. And that's great. That's, you know, that's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear the opposite of that because then we'd really been in, in trouble. But until he steps on the field, until he plays, until he proves it week in, week out, that he can play at the level that we all believe he can, then I genuinely couldn't give a shit.
1: Uh, what did you make it, of, and, and I'll ask you this, Chris, I don't know if you wanted to say something here, Chris.
2: Yeah, well, I was just going to say that the thing about, and Simon mentioned, you know, kind of guys, guys rallying around him a little bit saying the, like Mike Kosicki's quotes were quite strong um, in favor of Tua. It. And, and it's sort of striking to me that, um, that some of the stuff that we heard from teammates and stuff that, I mean, we, we featured it on this podcast. We talked about it. It was, it was a bad look. Like there, there was some stuff that was a bad look, but it came on the heels of the season when probably frustration was as a, at its highest, and um, you know coming off of losing out of the playoffs and and um, disappointing, and now like the season, everybody's everybody's coming back to camp, everybody's getting getting back into the swing of things, and they're getting ready for the new season. It strikes me as like you know the. This is the hope, the co- this is the coalescing of hope, you know, and, and so now I think they're, everybody's kind of coalescing around Tua um, now and because he's the guy. And, and the Dolphins have been quite clear about that, and I admire that, actually. Um, they didn't enter, they didn't bring Ryan Fitzpatrick back and confuse things. They just have said Tua is our guy, period, you know, end of story. And, um, and I think because they did that, it's giving everybody a chance to really just kind of rally around it and, hey, this is our guy for the year. So.
1: All right. Now, as far as one quote, because there's a lot of border, boilerplate stuff here. You know, like one thing I did find interesting when he said it, when they asked him about his off-season work, workout regimen, he said, I worked on my whole body, worked on my glutes. That's his ass, uh, dear listener. To support my hip, my hip feels 10 times better. That's something, Chris, that you had uh,
2: speculated on. Uh I think last I didn't week's, speculate. Last- <laughs> <laughs> that was not speculation I'm sorry but uh I'm I'm gonna okay never mind <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right so what's the what's the proper word if you didn't speculate that he needed to work on that because he wasn't let's say 100% last year what I mean I word was would
2: I would told I mean I was told that he was physically like he was physically not there at the beginning of the season, not even not even there enough to it wouldn't have been wise to make him a day one starter. Let's just say it that. Oh, okay. Um and uh and so, you know, it was gonna be a process still, and that process was ongoing during the season and um and you know, it was still I'm sure it was I'm quite sure that it was still bothering him as the season you know, as the season continued. Um, his season you know once once he started uh, getting in the games and and started getting physically into it so not surprising at all I think that um, you know a situation like that you get in there you start getting physically banged around and yeah it's probably probably starts to bother you a little bit more you know And, uh, and that's I think that that happened I know that was the case you know I know that was the case right at the beginning of the season they couldn't he was not going to walk out there as the, the week one starter. And I think that was a hip thing.
1: Yeah. And the one quote that's making the rounds and it's, and, and I'm not talking about locally, it's like national already because it's getting picked up everywhere and everybody's looking for those clicks on it is when Tua said, I really didn't know the playbook really well last year. Uh, Simon what did you make of that and it was a pretty direct quote because he was asked how comfortable he was last year and he went on and on and then he dumped that one in there and I guess that's the one that's hot now I really didn't know
0: the playbook really well last year what did you make of it um I, I wonder how many of the rookie quarterbacks that played last year really knew the playbook inside out you know Justin Herbert really know the playbook inside out um you know, did the rest of the guys really know the playbook inside out? I'm not sure they did because of the way that the offseason was truncated. And also, I think it was taken in a slightly different way than yeah. what it was intended. I think what he probably meant was that, um, you know, he he then went on in terms of the, the context of the wider quote. He then went on to talk about how, um, you know, especially when it came to changing the plays, to check downs, to all those sorts of things, that he didn't feel comfortable doing that um and I think that's just a you know that's a verbiage thing that's an understanding of NFL defense's thing so I think it's probably been slightly taken out of context but you know people are looking to 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 hit on something and people are looking for something to click on and uh, you know and um but uh, like I said earlier on it goes back to doing it on the field you know and um he clearly is going to be much more comfortable anybody coming off a you know almost career-ending injury who then goes through a pandemic where they don't get to throw they don't get to to do anything other than sit on Zoom meetings pretty much until the start of the season. It's going to take a little while. You know, I don't think any of us thought he was just going to come in and just turn into Aaron Rodgers. That was never the case. But now this is an important year for him. You know, they've added weapons. The line has got a bit better. The running game probably has got a bit better if you add in um, Malcolm Brown. The receiving core has definitely got better. You know, I know a lot of people, not a lot of people because I actually know a lot of people, but there are certain people within the Dolphins organisation that I know and that I talk to. And also around the NFL, scouts and things who are much, much higher on Hunter Long um, than I think we were as a, a, as a fan base and an educated fan base. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Um, you know, and if Hunter Long can, can come in and play those two tight end, pass receiving tight end sets with uh, with Gesicki, you throw in Will Fuller, you throw in Jalen Mordor, obviously Parker, how does Williams come back? I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Albert Wilson makes the team. You know, he's a, I think he's a really good player. Um, this team's going to have a lot of weapons for Tua and the, the the list of excuses that he may or may not have will begin to run a little thin. I don't think he's going to need the excuses but um, I also don't think that that quote was entirely contextually um, uh, laid across by some of the, the media like pro football talk and things like that who sort of just jumped on that specific part of the quote and ran with it you know it, it is what it is yeah.
1: He, his face also lit up when he was, when he was asked, you know, about his new teammates and he was like, well, we definitely have a lot more firepower now, you know? So, and he mentioned Waddle by name. He mentioned Will Fuller by name. So I guess we could go to Twitter questions. Chris, do you have a comment on that particular? Yeah. If he, if
2: he, if he just said, and so the the boilerplate way to attack this would have the thing that everybody says and that nobody ever would notice or, take note of whatsoever would be if he was just like you know yeah this year i'm trying to really improve my knowledge of the playbook and you know and dig further into it and get better with it and so that i have more mastery of of making uh of of changing calls at the line and um and draw you know basically calling plays the line of scrimmage um you know i'm i'm going i'm trying to improve that this year if he just would have said that everybody everybody you know oh yeah that's what everybody fucking says i mean that's you know um and and that's and that's but that is what it is you know that is what it is and so he's talking about he's talking about like i didn't know this well enough to just go up to the line of scrimmage and start checking into whatever play i want you know um and 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 so i was relying on my play caller Mm -hmm. to uh to call plays um and so, I mean, that's basically – and that's that's a rookie thing. That's a rookie thing that didn't even have an offseason, um, really. Uh, and and that's, that's what it is. So, um, yeah, I think that – I think it's probably just uh, maybe some poor wording on his part um, or maybe a little bit too honest. Uh, I think, you know, Omar said something. Um, Omar Kelly uh, said something about um, – you know, him basically saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, he he wasn't that comfortable with some of the play calls and some of the, the style of the play calling, um, but he just, you know, wasn't comfortable or wasn't um, knowledgeable enough to change it, to, to really, you know, advocate. So um, so I'm, I'm sure he's improving that uh, that this year.
1: Yeah, and there's, uh, you know, plenty of rules and things that we can't get into now because the dolphins don't allow you to you know talk about alignment and plays that come out of OTAs so we can't talk about that but they themselves tweeted something that was kind of interesting and it was a a little video where you see Tua showing essentially showing Jalen Waddle how to run a slant I was I found that extremely interesting right like Mm. trying to get on the on the on the same page and on day one like that makes a lot of sense like he's he's basically showing them i guess i want you here for my timing so that that was pretty good i wish we could also report about melvin Ingram, but the last we know is he's working out with xavier Howard. that's it like this is the longest courtship in the history of football Simon, so, mean, i don't know if you have anything to report i was told that it's likely going to happen but it still hasn't happened but if it happens pretty exciting news no Simon.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, last I heard, it was it was more likely than not to happen. Um, and look, I I don't think you can go particularly far wrong adding a you know a thirty two year old veteran sub package pass rusher, who consistently has been able to get the quarterback throughout his career, but also plays run very well. Um, and at worst, he comes in on third downs and you know creates a bit of havoc, especially if he's back to full fitness after missing. You know, you go back two seasons, Melvin Ingram was a you know, a very, very good NFL pass rusher. So even at the age of 30. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's a win-win signing as far as I can see. Um, And also he brings, you know, some much needed veteran, or not much needed, that's not true. He brings some veteran leadership to a fairly young group that lost a veteran leader in Carl van Noy. And, you know, you look around that line and, you know, it's a lot of young guys. You look around that team defensively, it's a lot of young guys, really. You know, whether that's Baker, who's still young, whether it's Wilkins, whether it's Ogba, whether it's Phillips, you know, the guys on the back end, obviously Howard and and and, Rowe and and I mean Byron Jones was only drafted in 2016, um. You know, so there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of young guys there. So having someone like Melvin Ingram come in and and bring some veteran leadership would be, um, I think would be uh, really important. Quite apart from what he can bring as a football player.
2: Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's um, I think it's a good deal. I kind of want. I do wonder about um, you know, what what exactly what role he would fill uh, for this team. Um, You know, I think it gets a little hazy and I think that that's partly by design. They, um, they have such interchangeability in their roles within the defense, you know, a position is not necessarily a position. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how they'd play him because nothing would surprise me there. You know, we've talked about Jalen Phillips. Could he, could he be like a, a Shaq Lawson um, replacement more, more so, maybe a bit more so than a Kyle Van Noy replacement. Um, he is playing linebacker though. They've said that, or, the, or he's playing, um, he's playing with his, you know, two point stance. Um, so they've said that. So you, you kind of think, well, maybe, maybe he is playing a little bit more like Kyle Van Noy, but then does that mean, mean El- Melvin Ingram who has played primarily with his hand down, um, Especially most recently, um, would he be basically the replacement for Shaq Lawson? Um, and you, you wonder about that. It seems like a good, a good player. And just uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the offseason that this is such a weird year as far as budgeting. Mm-hmm. He getting, was one of the he was one of the these. names
1: that we said w- that we could revisit toward the end of free agency, and well, here yeah, we are. Yeah, right?
2: exactly, exactly. Well, it, it's because the squeeze on the budgeting is going to leave. I, I, I kept saying there are going to be a hundred veterans out there. They can't get a phone call. You know, guys that would normally not only be on a roster but probably starting, and um, and and you could just if you've got a little bit of cap space left and you you, you go you circle back at the end of the, uh, the off season and you just start scooping them up. And, uh, and I think that the Melvin Ingram is example 1A of that. Uh, I think they also tried to do the same thing probably with, um, with, uh, hooker, um, and from, uh, from Indianapolis, uh, Malik hooker. And, um, you know, I guess that probably didn't work out, but then they, then they did it with, uh, with, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the other, the other McCourty, um, so you know that that's what they're doing right now this is the mode they're in they're like okay where are a bunch of guys can't get a job can't get a phone call we'll just scoop them up on low money deals and you know let's go
1: yeah it's also really interesting there's some some uh otab role out there that shows matt's girl with a bad snap which is not what you want to put out there miamidolphins.com okay
2: did you see alf because this is your boy I, This uh-huh. is who you talk my about. boy i wonder who's Laby my boy Bell, now. <laughs> like yeah, right.
0: Lavian Bell.
2: Lavian Le- oh Bell. He was he was like commenting on on a dolphins thing on, on uh Twitter, like, you know, really. Well,
1: he's out of a job, you know. Like those big fat paychecks every fifteen days are pretty nice, right? Like he was essentially almost signed here last year. So who knows? Maybe it happens this time around. Yeah, uh, I can't think that they're they're happy with what they got. They can always look to to upgrade a little bit. Another bit of news last week was when coach Brian Flores said that Jalen Water will be allowed to compete at both return spots, to which Jakeem Grant's agent tweeted out, duly noted, and he put the little googly eyes and then emoji. And then, of course, he had to delete that, which leads us to the first Twitter question. And this one's from Lloyd Elbrun. We know him. and he And he tweets out, are any of the people that are keen on Waddle being the kick and punt returner old enough to remember Troy Vincent? And obviously that's, that's referring to Troy Vincent when he was an all-pro cornerback for the Miami Dolphins, blowing out his knee on a kick return against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'll go to you first, Simon. First of all, that, that little thing about, I don't know if you want to comment on Jakeem Grant's agent causing a mini stink for about 15 minutes. But your thoughts on that, on that question from Lloyd?
0: Um, I care about as much about Jakeen Grant's agent as I care about your (laughs) pubic hair. Um, And let's leave it at that. The less said, the better, frankly. Um, Do I, I mean, look, you've got a score in all three phases of the game and Jalen Waddle is an electric return man. I mean, let's not kid ourselves that the kick return is really a thing in the NFL anymore because it plainly isn't. But on punt returns... Then, uh, you know, I think occasional use, I mean, he played a lot of special teams at Alabama. Um, and as we saw today, the Detroit Lions defensive tackle ended up tearing his ACL using the using the bag on a bag drill. So mm-hmm. it can happen at any time. You know, Javon Holland's also a really good punt returner. I think Javon Holland averaged 15 yards per return at Oregon. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, there, there's certainly players there. And um, But no, I, I genuinely couldn't give two shits about King Grant's agent. Yeah. Um, you know, Judy yeah, all of a
1: sudden the team is stacked with punt returns because Lynn Bowden can do it too. And yeah, exactly. And uh, Jerry Dokes can return kickoffs, and Noah Bunagani returned kickoffs for us last year. So and
0: he scored a touchdown at Auburn as a kick returner, been organized So, you know, um,
1: yeah, there's plenty. Florida, so,
2: yeah. Uh, Chris, your thoughts, Waddle, as the returner. I mean, it'd be stupid if he didn't compete for that, <laughs> right? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it, it Listen, I, I get that we want to like keep them healthy and stuff, but some at some point these dudes are football players, right? They got to play football. Yeah. Um, so you can't just keep them, you know, sealed in the uh, in the packaging and on a shelf. If
0: this was the uh, if this was the nineteen sixties and we were head coaches, we'd say something like, "Take off your bra and panties and get out there, boy!" And that's exactly <laughs> what it's going to be.
2: <laughs> Take a salt <laughs> tablet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, get out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and by the way, there was a
1: change in the rule, and I don't know if you saw me tweet about that today, the change in the rule as far as the tackle box about hitting, about blocking below the waist. They're extending it to the tight end box. People ask, what the hell is the tight end box? Well, it's two yards extended past the tackle box and five yards down the field and five yards behind the line of scrimmage. So, obviously, that helps people to have guys that run in space, so... It should help the Dolphins' defense with all their over and under So,
2: As if the term tight end wasn't suggestive enough, now we got to talk about a tight end box.
1: Yes. And by the way, that's in the rule book, okay? The NFL tweeted out their new page to the rule book, and it says the tackle box is now extended to the tight end box. God bless. All right. All right. And by the way, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. It's it's football. And what Jakeem Grant's agent did was one of the most galactically stupid things I've ever seen in my life. He's
2: like, he's, you know, a, he's probably not just his agent. He's probably his friend as well. I mean... But come on, you're going to get offended kinda, because
1: your guy's going to get... They all have feelings. Competition dude. from the sixth overall pick. Like, you know, sorry, buddy, it's going to happen.
2: They all have feelings, man. They all, they all get... <laughs> it's just the way it is. They're people. All right. Next question
1: chris and he's hmm. at well his name is chris by the way his name is chris and oh okay at i thought you
2: were addressing ckb 28 that could be your is this your, is your, your burner? Chris? this is literally my ck burner account that's what the b is for
1: wow. <laughs> is that what that is are you sending questions to yourself because <laughs> yes, this question absolutely. i love this question by the way because i like talking about this because now you know we're no longer talking about Drafting this guy, drafting that guy, or signing this guy, or signing that guy. Now mm. we're going to talk about winning football games. And his question is pretty simple. He asks, what will be considered underachieving this season? And what will be considered overachieving or exceeding expectations? Simon.
0: Um, I, I am concerned um, about the opening stretch of games. Um, I think it's a really tough start to the season. Uh, you know, um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I saw it the other day. And I thought, you know, the walk amongst yourselves while I get out because otherwise I'm just going to make no sense but um, um I think that you know uh, come on load so start with the Patriots obviously the Patriots are reloaded you know obviously big question marks at quarterback and generally offensively although they've added a lot of weapons you know I think they're gonna I think the Patriots are going to be a really good team this year if they can get the quarterback situation sorted out they've added receivers the offensive line is still good I know they lost Joe Tooney but you know, the kid they got from Michigan last year who was outstanding can just uh, play left guard. Um, and defensively, they've got so many players coming back as well. You throw in Dante Hightower and et cetera, et cetera. Buffalo, obviously, is a really tough game. You'd fancy Buffalo in the ASC to, to get back to the AFC Championship potentially. Um, Josh Allen, if he can back up last year with the, with another great year, then you know, sky's the limit for that team. The Raiders, obviously, on the road in Las Vegas. They're no pushover, the Raiders. Uh, Indianapolis, again, that's a difficult game. You know, the Colts, it all depends on Carson Wentz. But again, they're loaded. You know, had a good draft, Chrissy Pay and, and, and Odie Ingbo and and those guys. And then week five, it doesn't get any easier on the road at Tampa, you know, the Super Bowl champions. Um, before then, you play the Jaguars, the Falcons. But, the Dol- you know, the Dolphins could be, what, one, two, three, four, one and four going into week five. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we well, talked about this a couple of weeks ago on, on a podcast, and uh, Las Vegas has them favored in 10 games this year, has them as an underdog in six, and, uh, and it's a pick them in one, but they have them as an underdog in four of the first five games.
0: I mean, I love the, I love the stretch after that, you know, Jaguars, yeah. Falcons. You know Buffalo, obviously on the road, but Buffalo on the road in October is not the same as Buffalo on the road in December. You know, but then yeah, you they, have, Texans, one, Ravens, yeah, they tough have one, yeah, they have one road game Jets, in almost Panthers two months. Giants, Jets, uh, reloading Saints, Titans, mm-hmm. Patriots. You know, there's a way back if they start one and four, but you know, you know, th- there is definitely space on the back end to 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 kick back in if they do start one and four. Uh, uh, overachieving, I suppose, would be getting to the AFC Championship game, which I don't think has beyond the rails of possibility. But I just feel like as good as this team looks like it is on paper, there's still just one or two areas that would just concern me. You know, there's an awful lot of reliance on Jalen Phillips, for example, to come in and really, you know, rush the passer. You worry a little bit about their running back position, you know, just feels like a bit of a missed opportunity at running back that, you know, maybe they do bring in a levy on Bell, you know, you get into training camp and you start to see how it's playing out. Somebody gets injured um, or somebody doesn't really step for, that doesn't really feel like a factor back there. You know, there's a lot of interesting players there. You know, we like Gaskin and I like Malcolm Brown a lot at the Rams and stuff. And maybe they feel like Malcolm Brown could be the guy mixed in with with Gaskin. But, you know, you just feel like you get, a, you, you know, you look ahead to next year's draft with Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller and, and the kid at um, Kyron Williams at Notre Dame and stuff. There's a lot of really interesting running backs. And you just think, God, you could have, if you had just had one of those, it feels close. That offensive line's got a gel you know but you know you look at it on paper and you think actually you know jackson kindley the center is an issue in it? i mean how, what score are going to be like you know hunt at right guard eichenberg at right tackle you know if they gel you know stranger things have happened i, I think underachieving or overachieving or the other one whichever i don't care which but i think you know There'll be interesting questions if the Dolphins, A, don't make the playoffs, B, finish a sort of, you know, take a step back, finish eight and eight, nine and seven, you know, seven and nine. Well, that can't think, happen. No, it can't happen. But I think it will bring very interesting question marks. No, I'm you saying know, it can't literally, happen. Literally. Another oh, game. No. Yeah no oh of course yes it can't happen. Um, Christ I forgot about the other game. Well, it's going to take me know. years to get. Yeah, me stuff. too. I saw Peter King writing about it the other day and saying so and so could finish ten and seven, and I was like thinking, what? That just sounds so weird. <laughs> it's like the it's like the new numbers. That's weird as well. I don't like seeing like cornerbacks wearing number two and stuff. This is not high school. No,
1: like Benagani is going to wear nine this year. Rubbish, absolute rubbish.
0: Whoever whoever had this idea is a fucking moron um what was interesting
1: yeah. is that they told every player it's open to everybody and dalvin cook said cool give me number four and the nfl told him buy 3.5 million dollars worth of the jerseys we already printed out with your own number oh wow and he said yeah. okay i will not do that derrick henry had to buy back four million dollars worth because he wanted to wear number two and then he finally just said you know what i'm going to keep the four million and now i'll wear 22.
0: why would you uh, be that bothered i mean what like yeah. Jalen ramsey's gone to number two so like, why are you that bothered he have been twenty for like six years or whatever it is. Just think of all the people that have bought your jerseys. You
2: know, football and now, players are superstitious as hell, though. And well, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these players had their, you know, had some some real, you know, strong parts of their football playing career and and those numbers and uh, those old numbers. Taylor Raps so. had a fairly
0: strong career since he got here. Yeah, to, see, that's, that's true. He didn't, he didn't peak in college, but. Dalvin Cook's not had a bad old time of it either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, maybe I'm maybe I'm just old, but you know these young trends. These this is what the kids want to do, in it so you know. But for me, can I just say?
2: Can I just say though, uh, in response to my burner account question, which by yeah. the way, I don't know how that how that got written. My my burner account question was actually uh, addressed straight to CK and and said, "How are you so handsome and smart?" And that's that was it. <laughs> um but uh this one uh, it's a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs period end of story just if they don't make the playoffs then everyone in that organization is going to be disciplined and especially the owner and the owner's group are going to consider them to have underachieved um they this is the time for them it is this year they expect they expect to be competing Um, i'm sure all the coaches and everything agree with this you know 100 they expect to be competing and and they're trying to win it all and they're trying to win every game and everything but you know the powers that be they're like yep they're this is this is a playoff team we're we're aiming for the playoffs to compete for super bowl and and if they don't even make it into the playoffs that will be a disappointment you know and and for us as fans just for those for those of you listeners who were alive the last time we won a playoff game and i'm not saying that facetiously (laughs) um i would say the overachieving it would be if you know we go ahead and advance through the playoffs and finally get ourselves that next playoff win to me that's you know (laughs) call me call me uh nostalgic for when um for the for the good old days when we would actually win a playoff game. But um, that's – I think that's that's above expectations. But playoffs are bust, really.
1: Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when this team would win 11 games, win a playoff game, then lose in the divisional round, and all the callers to talk radio would be talking about Trey Marino fired Don Shula because the game has passed him by. Mm -hmm. I would say that's a pretty good baseline for a pretty – Good season. You win 11 games. Remember, there's 17 now. So that means it would be 11 and six. 11 and six, and you win a playoff game. I'm over the moon with the season. Overachieving would be playing for a championship, an AFC championship or a Super Bowl. Like that would be, you know, a huge surprise. And overachieving, underachieving is not making the playoffs. Now, if you don't make the playoffs, you better win 11 games. Because if you win 10 and you don't make the playoffs, then you weren't one of the best seven teams in. In the AFC once again, and that is underachieving. So you got 17 games now, top seven get in. Be one of those seven. That's it's pretty simple this year. There's expectations this year. Next question is from Seth Fisher, and he's at Seth A. Fisher. He writes, and it's a good question. I, I kind of like this one. It says, What is a more intriguing camp position battle? Liam Eikenberg versus Jesse Davis. Or DJ Fluker for right tackle, or Javon Holland versus Brandon Jones, Jason McCourty, and other safeties for a starting role. Simon, you're obsessed with DJ Fluker, mate.
2: It's like he's becoming. I didn't write the question. Did, did, he did wrote you, the question. You, you stuck that in, like the, the no. It's in the question. Didn't ask about Fluker. No, he's been in I, I you, he's it's in, a in the
0: question. He's becoming in the question. He put in. He put him in yeah. there. Of course he did. He's become your new Kalen When when Listeners, when you listen back to that, just rewind to the bit where Alf reads out this question where he says, who's going to win the battle at right tackle between Liam Eikenberg and Jesse Davis? Oh, and DJ Fluka. Just threw it in as if it was like, oh, I can't, can't leave my boy out of it. I can't leave my boy Fluka.
2: And you've been talking him up since he signed. Like he's our right tackle ever since he signed.
0: You th- listen, in all seriousness, listeners, our WhatsApp group. You think we'd fucking signed Anthony Munoz the way that Alf was talking him up? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it's like it's almost it's like we run Walter, Walter Payton when uh, when Kalen Bellage was drafted. Now we've now he brought in the second coming of Jonathan Ogden. So, um, and I, I, to be honest, I, I've forgotten the question. What was the question?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is the most intriguing camp position battle? Liam Ackenberg versus Jesse Davis or DJ Fluker. Or uh, at safety for snaps, Javon
0: Holland, Brandon Jones, Jason McCourty? I don't think any of them are. I don't think either of them are, frankly. I think Eichenberg will win the job. I don't think you trade up for a, a, a kid in the second round, especially one that's played three straight years and got better and better and better at Notre Dame. I, you know, I, I can't see him not starting the season. Um, and I think Javon Holland wins that job anyway. Um because he's such a good player. I suppose that the one question mark becomes because and Brandon Jones doesn't really fill that role as such. Mm-hmm. I, the, the one question for me on that back end in terms of the free safety is whether or not Javon Holliday is so versatile and he's so good in the slot in terms of, or in coverage, whether or not you want to move him around like they wanted to do with Minky Fitzpatrick. And, and then maybe Jason McCourty does become that kind of deep back end safety, but there's clearly an idea. Maybe it is that they're moving Brandon Jones. I don't know. It would seem odd odd to me if they thought that they were just gonna have Javon Holland play single high because as good as he is at that, that's not really what he's done over the past well, not even last season because he didn't play, but the, the well, two seasons yeah. before that. Um, you know, he he plays so much of his time in the slot or in coverage. Um I think he's a phenomenal player. I really genuinely do. And I think he's gonna be um a, a real star. But I don't think either of those two battles are uh, you know, I don't I, I to me the the wide receiver position is the most intriguing because you throw in the guys that I mentioned earlier, Parker, you know, Hearns, Alan Hearns is back. You know, they they picked up Robert Foster in free agency, Jalen Waddell, obviously, um, you know, Williams, Will Fuller, you know, how many players, Jakeen Grant, how many players are really going to make five, maybe six, but yeah, they're probably going to keep four tight ends, you know, Durham Smythe, mm. Shaheen, Hunter Long and, uh, and um, Gassiki. obviously Gasicki um and it may be that they just keep five receivers so you know Malcolm Perry you know what happens to Malcolm Perry uh Lynn Bowden you know there's a hell of a mix there's a hell of a lot of players there um you know and you wonder whether or not they look to to trade a couple of them or, or whatever if you can get you know six seventh rounders for a couple but you know they traded for Lynn Bowden you know Malcolm Perry played pretty well when he was on the field last year you know we all like Albert Wilson, though he didn't play for a year, but he looks in good shape. He's come back, the dreads are gone. He looks like he's lost about 20 pounds. Um, you know, Hearns is, you know, Alan Hearns is a veteran NFL receiver. Preston Williams is, you know, I think the receiver battle is going to be hugely interesting, hugely important for a team that's really struggled at that position. But I don't think either of those two that you mentioned, the safety and the, the right tackle, are nearly as interesting as those ones as, as the receiver battle.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't see the thing is I I tend to agree with Simon that you know the right tackle Liam Liam Eikenberg at right tackle might be kind of a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure about that. But the wide receiver position, it's not just it's it's not just interesting. It's almost like how is this going to shake out? You, I mean, you'd almost worry about it, like who's going to get cut because you, you don't like seeing guys that you like get cut. Um, there are big fans of Albert Wilson out there. He might be, you might, he might be done in by the numbers game for all we know. Um, Malcolm Perry, what's he going to do? Is he going to be, is he going to be playing at running back now? Uh, more. And, uh, and then we forgot at the tight end position. You said, you said they're keeping four. Well, what about Seathan Carter? Who mm. look mm. at the contract? Actually,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. if you look at that contract. That's not the contract of a guy who gets cut in camp necessarily. So, um, so you kind of—it really is. Maybe they, uh, maybe
0: they keep three running backs and sort of sexy him through as like a fullback hybrid. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was, I was kind of wondering. Yeah, maybe,
1: about. maybe Malcolm Perry is a running back this year, which is what I was
2: yeah, I could to see believe that too. he was last year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I could see that as well. Um, so that's that's so all going to be interesting. Let's say they and keep this safety rec- thing. Let's say they oh, keep five
0: receivers. Who do you think? Who do you think they keep right now?
2: Boy, that's that's isn't that tough. I mean isn't that's it? yeah, it's, it's will, will Fuller and Devonte Parker and Jalen Waddle are easy, right? Yeah. Um uh but then from there, you know, Preston you got Preston Williams and uh Jakeem Grant and um Mac Collins, who has the C Alan on his Wilson chest for for special I, teams. I don't I don't see Alan Allen Hearns making it. Um, who am I forgetting? Simon
0: Bowden, Perry. Bowden. That's right.
2: Bowden and Perry. Um, uh, Perry, you know, I think he could move. If he's not moving a running back, then his, his chances of making the roster are not great. Robert yeah.
0: Foster is another. Yeah, Foster.
2: Yeah, I think his chances of making the roster are not necessarily. Yeah,
0: great. I think they're pretty thin. But I mean, the yeah. receiver position right now is Bowden, Foster, Fuller, Grant. I mean, another name we haven't mentioned is Mac Hollins mm-hmm. because he's oh, a right. captain. Alan Hearns, Kai Loxley, Kirk Merritt, Devontae Parker, Malcolm Perry, Jalen Waddle, Preston Williams, Albert Wilson.
1: That's a lot. That's
2: a lot. I mean, let's just
0: say for argument's sake, let's let's just take the bottom five guys and say they make the team. Parker, Perry, Waddle, Williams, Wilson. Okay. Not beyond the realms of possibility. You could also, and how since you know, how have we ever been in this position where you could also say Bowden, Fuller, Graham? Hearns, Hollins. Do you know what I mean? You could probably get by with with that with that situation. So it's very interesting.
2: Well, it's it's all it's also gonna be interesting if some of those guys that we talk, you know, which guys are practice squad eligible and yeah, um, and not anymore. And um, and so you you might see you might see some of the merits, right? Like you might see some of those young guys Bowden. being kept around, as opposed to the old guys like Hearns mm. because practice squad eligibility. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing Kyle Loxley. I think um, yeah. I think he's he's an interesting athlete uh, from from what I've seen him. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's it's going to be something seeing how that wide receiver unit shakes out, which is you know it's good for us, obviously.
1: Which, we so we had right. depth issues. Which leads us right into the next question
0: from Morton Matt Holland. Before you ask that question, can I just say that if Matt Hollins, Kai Loxley, and Kirk Merritt all get cut, yeah, let's say they're the first three guys to go, what will that mean with regards to the receiver position? It's a very specific point. Hmm. So we lose Hollins, Loxley, and Merritt. What would that mean for the receiver position?
2: Do we no longer have any uh, any any players with K in their name?
0: No, it's a good effort, but it's not right. <laughs> hmm. If Hollands, Matt Collins, Kyle Oxley, and Kirk Merritt are all cut, what does that mean for the receiver position? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. I don't... It's an even better answer, mate.
2: I want the answer. I don't care I want about the, the answer.
0: question. <laughs> it would mean, I'm pretty certain it would mean this, but it's it, it twofold. I think for the first time in the history of the Miami Dolphins, we would not have a receiver wearing an 80 number. Oh, wow. Yes. Bowden six. Foster, 14. Fuller, three. Grant, 19. Hearns, eight. Parker, 11. Perry, 10. Waddle 17. Williams, 18. Wilson, two. Wow. Yes. Go. Yeah, that would absolutely be yeah.
1: That will be a fact. If that when happens.
0: you when you fuckers are tweeting that, not you but the listeners, when you're tweeting that and claiming that as your own, just at in your boy, <laughs> where you heard it first. All right,
1: all right. This one's pretty. This is a pretty simple question. It's from Morton Smedholen He's from. He writes at Finn Norway, and he asks, which wide receiver do you think will have the most receiving yards? and touchdowns this season. He also asked another question, which seems to be directed at me. Do you recommend staying in Miami or Fort Lauderdale when traveling over for a game in November? Really depends on how much money do you have. If you want to go to the Hard Rock property, it's beautiful. But, you know, you're talking about 500 a night. But if you're only coming for a weekend for a Dolphin game, you know, spring a little bit. That Hard Rock, the Hard Rock guitar, is, it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful hotel in all of Miami. Otherwise, stay at the beach, you know, or stay at Hollywood Beach. It's pretty cheap there, you know, thinking under 300 a night. So that's what you La probably quita, want to stay for La a quita game.
2: it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Red Roof. <laughs> <laughs> it, it well, we're talking insane. about
1: Miami. There's not many cheap places down here. Like, what am I going to recommend? The Fountain Blue at 600 a night? No, right? So I, I mean, gave them some really actually... good options, you know. If, if you're coming to Miami to see a game, you know. Have a little fun for the weekend. You're going to get good weathers. It's going to be November, too, which is the best weather we have year-round. So he basically asked, who's going to be the alpha? In my opinion, I'll I'll, I'll start first. Man, Will Fuller, I think, would have the best numbers on this team. Oh, what was that
2: first question again?
1: (laughs) Yeah, his first question was, which wide receiver do you think will have the most receiving yards and receiving touchdowns? Like He essentially asked, who's going to be the alpha out of this group? Mm -hmm. I think Jalen Waddle could have the most touchdowns. But I think Fuller could have the most targets. I think he's going to have the most opportunities. Your thoughts, Simon?
0: Yeah, I think for, you know if we're if we're playing a game tomorrow, I think Fuller and Parker would be the starters. And depending on, you know, how camp goes, you might see a Bowden or a Waddle or a Williams in the slot. I think I, I think Fuller will probably have the most yards. I think it's up in the air for touchdowns. I, I you know. I really like Albert Wilson. I think Albert Wilson, if he makes this team, I think he could make a bit of an impact. You know, he I thought he was a really good player before the hip injury. You know, I agree with your model, you know, if what, but, you know, rookie receivers makes you nervous because they, you know, they barely contribute half the time. And, you know, Jalen's a small guy. They're going to obviously have to get packages in for him specifically. Um, but yeah, I think you're probably right with them. Um, with fuller most most yards and, and um i'm gonna go albert wilson most touchdowns just because i like him all right
2: chris i think fuller is just he's he's totally legit as a as a player yeah. um as a receiver and uh so he he is going to be i mean he caught eight touchdowns last year so he, so it's not like he's not he's not producing touchdowns um I, I, I think, I think he's, he's that alpha. I mean, w- when you watch him, it's just like, I mean, this is what you appreciate about Jalen Waddle too. It's like, you never, you never don't see him open. Right. <laughs> um, and Will Fuller you, is watching y'all 22. Will Fuller's like that, except this is against NFL players. So, um, so that's, that's a big difference. And I think that he stays healthy. That's and, which is always a big if of course, but um, yeah, he's going, he's going to be it, man eight touchdowns in 11 games last year. That's yeah, he's he's going to be all right. He's going to, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah,
1: and my favorite number, the yards per target number, he had a mm. number of uh, what was it? 12.7? 12. 12, 11 11.7. 11. 11. 11.7 11. yards per target. Uh let me explain that to most of you. That's higher than Julio Jones's average by almost 2 yards. Okay. Yes. He had a very, very good season last year. That was a steal. If if we get that type of production this year from Will Fuller, yeah, we're extending him. And at the very least we're franchise tagging him. All right. There was so, and since we're talking wide receivers, there were so many questions about this that I'm just going to jumble, did it jumble into, I'm going to get all of it, put it all together and jumble it up into one question. And I'll give the guy who asked the question succinctly, which was Shane Marinelli at Marinelli's Shane, and he he asked, once you get past Parker, Fuller, and Waddle, who's number four, number five, and number six? There was, well, let me see, 23 questions about that. Who makes the, the roster as wide receivers? So let's answer it for these 23 different listeners. Simon, you seem to have a pretty good handle on this. Parker, Fuller, and Waddle are locks, mortal locks, really. Unless one of them
0: gets Um, traded. I think Parker could get traded, potentially. But who makes four, five, and six? uh, You know, it wouldn't shock me if Parker got traded, but let's say nobody's getting traded. I would say Fuller, Parker, Waddle, Bowden, and then one from Williams or Wilson if there's five. That, to Mm -hmm. me, makes, you know... And but then, then I mean, you could make a case for a lot of those guys, you know, Matt Collins, yeah, somebody has got to play special teams, you know, Perry, Perry played well last year, you know, two are clearly liked him. Preston Williams has played 10 games in two seasons. You know, how can you rely on that kid? Um, you know, Albert Wilson hasn't played for as much as I'm eulogizing about him, hasn't played for Christ season and a half now because of the hip injury or two and a half seasons. I can't remember. Hmm and that hip
2: that hip injury is no joke either. Like the he played at the end
1: of 2019, so he's 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 been out for
2: an entire season. Is what he's been out. Yeah, and it's 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 tough to come back from what he's come, and that's the concern with him. But I will say in your favor, Simon, if he does come back, what's interesting is looking at the roster breakdown. Obviously, Jalen Waddle is going to be given the chance for the slot. you know, he's, that's what he was at Alabama, a specialist there. And so he'd fit right in, but at the same time, you know, what kind of slot is he? That's, that's the question. Uh, you know, is he, is he as polished as an Alan Hearns in the slot? Um, you know, that's, that's sort of, so, so who's, who's backing him up? Who's competing with him? Cause they said that he's not, you know, he's not getting being handed the starting job. So he's competing with somebody who's he competing with that's, that's the first question is it is it Albert Wilson is it Alan Hearns is it um, you know uh, uh, Lynn Bowden uh, Lynn Bowden himself you know quarterback in college and, and new new uh, new convert I mean running quarterback in college running back in training camp and then wide receiver in, uh in, in the season last year um, is he the big uh, competition for Jalen Waddle personally I don't think so. I think that um, I think that Jalen Waddle is like, you know, everything you could have hoped for in Lynn Bowden plus speed. Um, and so I don't think that that's uh, that's very serious competition, but you could say something for Albert Wilson because, because he's a veteran, you know, he's got experience and uh, he could, he could really compete in that slot. So he could be number four, but otherwise I would say Preston Williams. I saw
1: Albert Wilson in two camps. And one thing I can say about Albert Wilson is that he's not a camp player. I think he's going to have to be a camp player to make this team. Don't you think that would hurt him? Do you think that hurts his case, Simon?
0: Maybe. Um, maybe. I, mean, I think
1: Preston Williams, I don't think they could get anything for him in trade. And I think he'll be too valuable on the roster. Because we've seen
0: him produce. The problem is that he's always hurt. Yeah, exactly. And he's so like, I think he's number four. You can't, but you can't carry a Devonta Parker, a Preston Williams, and a Will Fuller who've all got injury issues. Yeah. Um and a, a, a vastly undersized Jalen Waddle as well coming off an injury. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I think it's you know, I'm not saying that that doesn't play for Albert Wilson either. But, you know, the, the issue that the Dolphins have is they've got a lot of players, you know, Fuller, Grant, Hearns, Parker, Williams, Wilson, Waddle, Asterisk, you know, have all had fairly significant injury issues over the last 18 months.
2: You know? Well jakeem grant is is injury prone we know that too yeah yeah i mm-hmm. think i said Grant, but yeah i mean oh you did okay sorry yeah but um yeah what I mean, I make there, of but this... there's but simon there's there's nowhere to run no <laughs> the entire wide receiver was- roster just about unless we're going for kirk Merritt or kyle oxley here yeah um is is injury prone.
0: absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's rough to get four, five, six. I'll give it a crack. I think Matt Collins has to stick in one of those spots, and if he doesn't stick in one of those spots, they'll sacrifice a tight end to somebody, maybe. And And, Matt Collins could play in that type of
0: role. Maybe a more interesting question is who plays on special teams. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, Malcolm Brown probably plays on special teams. Does Patrick Laird make the roster? I doubt it. You know, you've got to think that.
1: I think Duke reasons.
0: Riley Duke Riley is a lock as
1: a special teamer this year.
0: You know, Beagle, special teams. Mm-hmm. Riley, special teams. Elanda Roberts, special teams. Van Ginkel special teams. You know, does Fajedlam make the roster? I mean, he's a special teams captain. Yeah, that's... that's no, I uh, wouldn't say calls. so. No, I wouldn't say First so one. either, but Noah no. Iqbinogane probably yeah. does. Brandon Jones plays special teams. And Did... then Shaheen, Smythe... Hunter Long, Seaton Carter, Carter could be a special teams captain. You know, he could replace Matt Hollins. You know, yeah, you, you know, that,
1: I, that's a good one right there. Uh, I, I know this Justin is, Coleman. I,
0: I know this is
2: neither here nor there though, because you mentioned Noah no monogamy But did it? Did you notice like the coach comments? when um, They're talking about him. They they started to use they started to use versatility more as a buzzword. Mm, I saw that with him. And, and I thought that was interesting because that's code, you know, that's, yeah. that's code for he's being tried a slot. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's, uh, that's interesting because that was what he couldn't, you know, they wouldn't do with him last year. And his first year with the team, the first year in the NFL, you know, only what his third year playing defense at all. Um, and so now, now it looks like they're ready to try him there. And that just gives Nick Needham and, uh, and Justin Coleman even more to think about. You I'm see those workout side.
1: videos, maybe they should try him at linebacker. He's, he's a big huge. Dude, isn't he? He's huge this offseason. You know, you know he's big when he stands next to Xavier Howard and JC Horn, both guys who are not small corners, and mm-hmm. he makes them look small and frail, <laughs> which is weird, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but making JC Horn and Xavier Howard look like you know, small and frail, yeah. He's big, you know. I, I I think they're loaded at at in the secondary. That's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. It's nice to see that they're going to put a lot on Javon Holland's plate. See if he could digest it. And maybe come out with a a big snap eating roll, which it seems it's going that way.
2: All right? That's just, not their that's not their habit though. With no, it's with, not right with rookies. They don't they don't put a lot. You know, they they'll throw them into the fire as far as competing with anybody. You know, mm. go out there cover. Go out there, cover, um, you know, the best player, uh, Stefan Diggs. You know, you're, you're an NFL player, show it. So they're not going to hold anybody's hand that way. But they don't really put a lot on, on rookies' plates from a mental standpoint, too many, too many different positions. They don't, really, they don't really crowd their head with too many different positions. They're very cognizant of that. And, um, and so that's why I think the Javon Holland thing is going to be interesting, is what do they focus on? with them because they're going to focus down at some point. And so what do they focus on?
1: All right. Uh, another theme that we had in our questions and all the questions that we received were essentially asking about the offensive line. So uh, I, I think we, I, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about this. My offensive line is pretty simple. It's Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Metzcura, Robert Hunt, Liam Mickenberg. That's my five. Simon, do you disagree with me there, right. yeah. And Chris, I think you agree with me. Two weeks ago, I think you only had like a like maybe Jesse Davis could sneak in somewhere. No,
0: I don't. I didn't say that. Okay. So yeah, no, so I, that's I a, think
2: I think Jesse Davis is a nice utility backup.
0: Um, I'm amazed and, you didn't have DJ Fluker
2: in there.
1: Yeah, I I'm, DJ Fluker sure. at right guard and Robert Hunt at right tackle would have been hall of fame worthy. Right side of the room.
2: Is that is that put Liam Eikenberg at left guard? If you mm-hmm. uh, if you if you would have gone with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So okay, let me That's ask. That's appetizing. You this, you know, both of you this, because I just gotta know what is the plan B at center if Matt Skura cannot step. Like what? What are we
1: doing there? I have no idea, and I've looked for an idea on the roster, and I don't see one. You know maybe you know maybe they have enough assets they think that some somebody's gonna get cut somewhere Simon, jugs machine
0: yeah. yeah, is I'm, I'm assuming it's Dieter, uh, right? I mean uh, or uh, or
2: Cameron Tom or Tyler I'm
0: practicing I'm um, practicing how to snap the ball but yeah I mean it's the uh, it's the eternal question I don't have an answer for I mean again it's the other positional offense that just makes me nervous center and, yeah. along with running back. You know. I
1: think Solomon Kinley. One interesting thing on this offensive line is Solomon Kinley at left guard. He better be good because they have a lot of answers there. If he is not, I think you know he's going
0: to be pressed all year. It's his natural position, so he should be good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, mean, I, I, I have high hopes. He, from. Mm-hmm. I thought he was decent last year. So, mm-hmm.
1: all right, just two more questions. This one's pretty simple. Brandon Heron. He writes at fin fan for life 91 do you guys think that they resign Gasecki? Simon
0: oh they should but the way that they are moving in terms of hunter long makes you wonder whether they they're not but they absolutely should
1: yeah it's suspicious
2: isn't it Chris mm. I say I say it's suspicious um, <laughs> I suspect yes. I suspect that they I mean, they've really remade and it's not just about hunter long either if you look look since they've got here and what they've been doing at the tight end position um, it's conspicuous
0: Mm.
2: in in the way that they've remade it and the way that they've remade it is not, you know, we, we want neither, we want neither Durham Smythe nor Mike (laughs) Gusecki, you know, we want the guys who do both find you a man who does both, you know, that's, that's what they're um, that's what they keep doing at uh, at tight end. And so I find that suspicious.
1: Yeah. And we'll know soon enough. As soon as they start playing those preseason games in August, and yes, uh, fans, listeners, uh, preseason games are back. They're playing three of them. So as soon as we see those preseason games, we see their alignments. If you see a lot of inline tight end stuff and you keep seeing it over and over and over again, then the season starts and you keep seeing more inline tight end stuff. No YISO, no Mike Kaseki in the slot. Yeah, he's on the way out and he might be on the way out. Uh, at the trade deadline, even maybe, possibly, because they could just see it as, man, somebody dangles a second round pick in our face for Mike a Second and they would have to dangle a second round pick, right? Because how would it work, uh, Chris? I think you know this better. He walks. He gets twelve million a year from somebody. Let's say I don't know Dallas. Dallas gives him 20, $12 dollars a year. What kind of pick can we get for him? In
2: oh, you mean uh, the, compensatory? The compensatory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. That could that that would qualify for a potential third round pick. Um,
0: yeah. So so obviously you have to structure your whole
2: off deadline. season around that.
1: Yeah. So if we trade them at the deadline, like the asking price has to be a second round pick,
2: isn't it? Uh, they might accept the third round pick just because it's um you know uh it's burden in hand. In hand. Yeah. Because. You know you'd have to you have to structure your whole offseason around the um, the compensatories in order to make sure you you, you qualify for that and so okay. flexibility is the name of the game that's why that's why they do a lot of the things that they do from a, a salary cap standpoint is uh, is to maintain optionality and um, and so I think that uh, you know that that could be it there um, is if they get the right offer, I don't think it's happening uh, personally, but mm. it could, you, it, it's conceivable. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I would say, you know, not, we're not saying that they're trading him, but I would say you're going to get a lot of evidence. <laughs> that's going to tell you one way or the other, whether he's a dolphin in 2022 and those are those first three preseason games and maybe the first handful of games in the regular season, watch how they use the tight end. If he starts, pulling a disappearing act then you're getting your answer right there all right last question is from david engelson at david underscore engelson and he asks what are your time frames from this season onward from when the dolphins and then he writes you know in order you know maintain a winning record make the playoffs win playoff games win the afc win a super bowl like what are your time do you have a timeline going forward simon
0: Uh, I love David, and uh, his wife is doing amazing work uh, as a uh, frontline health worker, uh, a doctor, um, or a nurse. I can't remember which, but anyway. um, But I don't have a timeline. Um, uh, But I think this team is putting itself in a position to have a timeline uh, when it comes to things like winning AFC East, winning AFC Championships, and potentially winning Super Bowls. If it's not going to be now, during this era... That um, they set themselves up. It looks like they've got the right head coach. We all hope they've got the right quarterback. They've positioned themselves brilliantly in terms of cap numbers, in terms of draft picks. We all feel like they're drafting well. If it's not now, then when's it going to be? Uh, Chris,
2: I think the timeline is is just purely right now, and I think that's the the point that Simon was making is there is no timeline anymore because it's now. <laughs> you know, it's it's now and forever. So um, the only the only Question: The relevant question is like, at what point? How long do we think that we can keep this up before there's you know some sort of rebuild um, down the road? But uh, I think the time is just absolutely right now. There's no timeline anymore. Um, we're not supposed to get a little bit better this year and then a little bit better next year and and then the, that's. I know it always sounds nice, but that's usually not how the NFL works. Um how the NFL usually works is that you're, you're, you're good this year and then you're shit next year and then you're good again. Mm. Um, and, and so I think that that's, uh, you know, that's the way, that's the way you see it happening. So, um, so the time is now there's no, there's no, there's no more runway. left.
1: Yeah. I completely shit or agree. Bust,
0: lads. Shit or bust. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it, they got to do something now. I would say if you want an actual timeline before they have to give, to a tongue of 300 million dollars for for seven years or whatever the hell it's going to be in three or four years you want to get something you want to win something significant before then the only thing that you can win that's significant is a lombardi so i'll give you that a super bowl inside of four years how's that for actual
2: timelines just all a right. number <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me. It's, it's just, woods. it's just, it's just now and every year. Well, but
1: know. that's a, that's the window they've created with this talent, with the talent
2: on the team, right? Like that's when they could, you yeah, know, but, I mean, reasonably they, pay, pay all these people. That could be that could be rolled forward. I mean, that could continue to be in, extended. It's not that that window is not going to necessarily close just you know in four years or three years. Um. Mm. So I think you know, I think we're good. All right. All right.
1: That's it. There is no more for this episode. You got a very meaty episode here with your your Twitter questions. We are on hiatus. See Thanks you in
0: about. Fuck for a... that. What happened? Thank fuck for that.
1: Yes, oh, fuck me. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, what are you gonna? What are you guys gonna do with your month long hiatus here, Simon? Sleep. I'm... All right, you're you're sleeping and you're not, working.
0: Not be awake at one o'clock in the morning talking shit with you two. <laughs> Right,
2: chris what are you gonna be i'm doing thinking for, with your i'm thinking i'm thinking strippers i'm thinking cocaine i'm thinking <laughs> of just totally spiraling out of control
1: sounds like fun all right yeah. that's it there is no more see all of you in about a month
2: thanks for listening to three yards per caddy you can subscribe via itunes on podbean or your usual podcast provider